today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Busy day in U.S. politics. The uh, hearings for, uh, well, Joe Biden's uh, pick for uh, Attorney General, uh, Mayor Garland, uh, beginning today. And we're going to get to that in just a couple of minutes. There's a certain irony, of course, to him appearing before that committee. Uh, how the U.S. is handling what's going on in Texas. And I, I suppose the one that uh, supersedes all of them is the story we just heard about half an hour ago, that uh, the uh, U.S. Supreme Court now has uh, ruled that uh, Donald Trump's tax returns will be accessed by uh, the Southern District of New York, who are uh, a, a going in and investigating uh, a number of different Trump initiatives. You may, of course, remember that Trump has blocked that for years and years and years. It finally went to the Supreme Court, and uh, they have uh, ruled that, yes, they can have access to that. Uh, There was no comment and no dissenting comments from any of the uh, court justices either, which is somewhat surprising. Joining us to talk about all this is uh, Professor Wayne Petrosi. Uh, Professor Petrosi, of course, is with the Department of Politics and Public Administration at Ryerson University. Professor, great to have you with us again. Hope you're doing well. Uh, first and foremost, I guess, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Supreme Court decision, uh, which uh, I, I don't know if it was expected or not. I mean, you know, there's speculation over the last four or five days, uh, especially in lieu of the fact that uh, the court seemed to be dragging their heels about making any kind of a decision about Donald Trump's taxes, uh, which started to, uh, I guess, spur some discussions about, you know, whether the, the Trump appointees on the court uh, were holding this thing up or whether they had reservations about this. Were you surprised by the move today? Well, I mean, they had initially uh, sent back to the lower courts with some instructions on mm-hmm. what needed to be done in order for the case to, to, to move forward. And lower courts, uh, with that guidance, had again issued uh, rulings in favor of, of Vance, the, the Manhattan or South, Southern District uh, District Attorney. And back to the Supreme Court it went once the lower courts had once again decreed, and they really didn't have uh, a whole lot of choice. I mean, his claim that he was immune from any kind of of actions while he was president was, was pretty sweeping. And the additional claim that he somehow there was a higher burden of proof because he happened to be the president uh, was also, you know, uh, I suspect troubling for uh, for the court. And so not a surprise, uh, I, I don't think. I uh, they they did in fact rule in favor of uh, the Southern District. Mm-hmm. The timing is is you're right to point out the 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 timing of this is odd. The 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 last briefs I from what I understand were, had been submitted sometime in mid October, which is uh, a fair bit of uh, a lag uh, between mm-hmm. mid October till uh, late February. Uh, they, they've had an awful lot of time to read those briefs and to review <laughs> it, and I suspect they probably didn't want this to get entangled. In, in the mess around uh, Trump's claims around the stolen election. Uh, but all that's been cleared away, and they now they finally did have to render a decision. Yeah, it was fascinating to watch some of the, uh, the, the, the gamesmanship that was going on. There's always politics, and I know that uh, the speculation around Washington was that uh, Chief Justice Roberts didn't want this decision to become political. Well, of course it's going to be political. Uh, I, I, I'm sure that, the, you know, they're... Their decision was in, in itself not political, but there are going to be political ramifications of this. But your point's well taken, though, Professor. I mean, was it a year and a half or so ago uh, that the court ruled that uh, that the president is not above the law and could be prosecuted, uh, which was somewhat of a surprise. But uh, but having put that there, uh, what Mr. Vance is actually investigating right now is Donald Trump's citizen, not Donald Trump the president. Uh, these are things that predated his his uh, inauguration. Uh, yeah, and, certainly uh, 
and so you know it's it, well, it's going to be fascinating to watch this going. I'm just, uh, waiting to see uh, just you know how Mr. Vance and others in uh, the Southern District are going to respond to that. It's a an interesting twist to this. Let's uh, talk if we could about Mayor Garland. Uh, I mentioned there's a certain irony to this. Uh, this was of course uh, Mr. Garland was uh, Barack Obama's nominee to uh, uh, go on to the Supreme Court itself. Uh, Mitch McConnell blocked that. Wouldn't even have hearings on that. And uh, here we are. But uh, finally, I guess better late than never with uh, Mr. Garland sitting in front of the committee for his uh, endorsement for attorney general. Yeah, it, I mean, certainly uh, it is rich in irony. And uh, it will, uh, in some senses, you'll, you'll get a sense of why the Republican Party is, is in such disarray. I suspect you're going to see senators who were not willing to even consider him who are, are going to probably, during this hearing, uh, probably almost all of them vote to uh, uh, for his appointment to the Attorney General of the United States. So the fellow who was found lacking, to not even worthy of a conversation uh, at the end of Obama's term, is now going to uh, proceed very quickly to become the next Attorney General of the United States. Yeah, the uh, the confirmation hearings, I mean, there was some concern that there might be a rough ride on some of these. They seem to have gone rather smoothly, don't you think? Uh, they have overall there's that the office of manager and budget uh, nominee is 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 in pretty bad shape now she's got at least two uh, of the kind of floating votes in the senate uh, uh, mansion from the democrats and uh, the new hampshire senator who is uh, tends to float sometimes the democrats both of whom have indicated they're opposing her nomination it's ironic you know that she's in trouble her nomination's in trouble because she used to tweet some very nasty things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've got senators who now find that just appalling behavior. There's no precedent for that, is there? For four years. <laughs> you know, for tens of thousands of nasty tweets, now all of a sudden they have an issue uh, with uh, using social media in that kind of fashion. I mean, it, it's, these folks are shameless. Well, we've seen that happen, and, and I guess that's a nice segue into the uh, other debate that's going to be happening. Of course, that's the COVID relief bill, uh, which amazingly still is is being debated there. Uh, you know, President Biden has one way of thinking on this. Uh, the Republicans, just I guess on principle, seem to be opposed to this. Uh, and, and in the meantime, millions and millions of Americans are waiting for some kind of a relief. I know there was a package that was passed that was clearly insufficient right now. Uh, do the, the majorities in the House and and well, obviously with the, the Vice President vote in the Senate. Uh, does that indicate that this is going to happen sooner than later? Oh, I suspect so. I think they're looking at early March uh, to to uh, to bring forward a final version. Right now, various committees are, are looking at different aspects of the bill and, uh, you know, making tweaking it here and there, cleaning up language. But I suspect, they're, I believe they are planning to bring it forward for uh, final votes in both houses uh, in the first week of March. And so I just, and there's no question, it's, it's, going, it's going to go through. Uh, now, whether or not there are some minor tweaks into some of its key features, like the minimum wage, apparently is getting a lot of some, some pushback, even with among moderate Democrats who aren't keen on a, a $15 minimum wage, uh, even though some jurisdictions in the United States already have such a, such a wage. But, uh, other, but besides those kinds of uh, tweaks, it's definitely going to go through. 
Let's talk about two of the controversial figures in American politics in the past week. Uh, one is obvious, Ted Cruz, the headlines all over the place about him running off to Cancun in the wake of the horrific storm that happened down in Texas. Uh, we've heard two of different, three, I guess two or three different uh, explanations, and I use the term loosely, uh, from Senator Cruz about that. Uh, but now that he's back, and as I just saw the video today, he's out there helping clean up the thing, you know, the photo ops all over the place now. Uh, there's the discussion now about what long-term political consequences there might be. Uh, he did win re-election last time around, but not by a landslide. Beto O'Rourke gave him a pretty good run for his money. Uh, will Texans forget or for, remember this next time he goes to the polls, which is not for a few years yet? You know, it, it's got to be difficult today for a Texan voter because they must be thinking uh, about a good many topics that they might wish now they had thought and, and acted differently about. I mean, yes, there's the, there's, there's the re-election of Ted Cruz by a narrow margin, but nonetheless, the re, his re-election, which has to have a lot of Texans now wondering what the heck were they thinking uh, two years ago. Uh, when they uh, uh, gave him the nod once again, uh, they're, they're, more generally, their political system, it really looks like a third world state. I mean, uh, it, it, they, you know, this idea that uh, government shouldn't do anything and how do we keep federal government out of Texas affairs? Well, we disconnect our grid from every other state. Mm-hmm. So that way they can't regulate us. And, or this idea of variable pricing. I <laughs> mean, Texans got $4,000 electricity bills for three days of electricity use when, when, the, when, the, when the outages began because the prices float. And you can imagine, just like the price of gas, you know, surged over 12,000 uh, percent in the aftermath of, of what happened in Texas. Well, retail electricity prices did likewise. So you have people who for three days got billed $4,000, some people for a longer period, $17,000. And they gotta wonder where the heck are we living? It has more the hallmarks of of, of some third world state than it does uh, the the largest energy producer in the United States of America. Well, uh, we hear that uh, President Biden sometime this week is probably going to tour some of the damage there. I, I'm hoping, really, Professor, he doesn't just throw paper towels, but uh, it can, because there's going to have to be some sort of federal assistance. I know that you're right. The people of Texas don't really like uh, government. They don't like federal government sticking their nose in. Uh, but I think they'll take a hand out here. Oh, they certainly will. In fact, you know, that, that's part of the hypocrisy of it all. Uh, they routinely denounce their elected members' handouts when they occur anywhere else in the United States. Uh, like in Louisiana in the aftermath of, of a hurricane, but they are they bellow like a like an alley cat when it's time when something happens to Texas. And I you know I think we need to be in the case of Texas. I'm not sure Texans most most Texans like all this. I think wealthy Texans do. I mean you know yeah Jerry Jones made tens of millions of dollars just over the four days because he owns a major natural gas company. But, you know, so did other wealthy Texans, including those who own all these uh, hydroelectric uh, retailers. Uh, so wealthy Texans think that the system works just fine. Uh, it's just for people who aren't wealthy. Yeah, well, we see the daily press conferences now with Governor Abbott, who I think is the only governor south of the border, isn't he, Professor, that actually has his name and title on his shirts? Uh, I've never seen that before, but that, I guess, you know, that's that's Greg Abbott, I suppose. I the suppose. other. F- 
Yeah, the other figure I wanted to ask you about is, of course, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, who back in the the first days, the first months, I guess, of the the first wave of the pandemic almost a year ago, he was essentially America's governor, wasn't he? I mean, he was he was the the antithesis of Donald Trump and the Trump administration, and and Governor Cuomo did his daily briefings, and and they were covered by, by the major networks down there. Basically, he was the truth teller as opposed to what the Trump administration was going on, uh, and and. Now, of course, the accusation is that uh, he and his government were fudging numbers. It is, it is, uh, it is ironic. You're right. He was America's governor, and, and he had he was the face of how elected officials should act during a pandemic. That's what everyone thought. He was the role model, and uh, it seems like he forgot what got him there. That is, talking truth and and being transparent in a time of a of a crisis was the right thing to do. And he was, it seems, he was happy to do that until the truth began to uh, hit at him, and in particular some of the policies around nursing homes and the relationship between uh, uh, nursing homes and local hospitals. I mean, it seems in some cases uh, hospitals were told not to bring in people from nursing homes, and so they died in place, so to speak. Uh, because the concerns, you know, of uh, whatever concerns, they didn't want to have to report their deaths as occurring in hospitals. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was, uh, he's now received his, his comeuppance, and hopefully uh, he will handle it uh, and accept the, the verdict of his of, of maladministration in the way he always ex- demanded that of the federal government. Interesting, though, uh, to see how the money have fallen, but we're not quite sure just what the uh, the penalty will be, so we'll see how that happens. Uh, very quickly, uh, I guess the tradition continues tomorrow. Uh, the uh, newly elected U.S. president has traditionally uh, made his first uh, public appearance in next with any world leader with the, the Prime Minister of Canada. Donald Trump, of course, did not do that. He went to Saudi Arabia, I guess, to visit his money. Uh, but Joe Biden and Pierre Trudeau, or Justin Trudeau, rather, will be meeting tomorrow, albeit virtually, of course, because of the pandemic. Uh, we've already seen an inkling of some of the Biden uh, uh, policies, of course, vis-a-vis canceling the pipeline and, and the, the Buy America situation. Uh, I, I got to figure, Professor, that the relationship between uh, Biden and Trudeau's got to be stronger than the, the Trump-Trudeau uh, thing. I mean, these guys do know each other. They've had a number of dealings, of course, over the last eight years when Biden was the vice president during the Obama administration. Uh, are you optimistic about, about the relationship between the, the two individuals and the two countries? Well, certainly, in terms of, uh, on an individual level, it, yes, the interpersonal relation is going to be much stronger and and positive than it was in the case of Trudeau and Trump. Uh, structurally, though, the underlying issues that that uh, are going to confront uh, uh, Biden and Trudeau are are typical issues that have uh, you know defined the Canadian-American relationship. Uh, every president from Ronald Reagan onward has used by american policies that have you know sideswiped canadian uh, manufacturers uh... mister biden's doing it again by some accounts i haven't, haven't seen the details the uh... these are even more restrictive than perhaps has been the case in the past and and that's that's a challenge for for canadian political leaders and canadian industry to uh... ensure that americans uh, act more sensibly uh, in these sorts of policies the energy file is has also always been a complicated one, and it continues to be, and not just XL, but now the Trans Canada line, 
uh, the end running under uh, uh, under Lake Michigan, I believe it is, okay. uh, or is it Lake Huron? Lake Huron, uh, connecting uh, Canadian supply to the United States. Uh, so there are, yes, these issues are difficult. They aren't going to just sit there and smile at each other, and the issues will go away. Uh, but both of them are committed to a, a, a more traditional process for how we attempt to solve issues and reconcile differing interests. Well, and that's uh, the way the game is played. I mean, there's lobbying that will go on, certainly, and uh, we've seen that you know, somewhat of a replay, I suppose. Uh, you know, when the, the sanctions were put in against the Canadian government under the Trump administration, the, the steel and aluminum tariffs, for instance, uh, an awful lot of the pressure to alleviate those actually came from some of the U.S. governors, whose uh, states, of course, do a lot of business. So uh, I guess, as they say in the business, more to come on this one. Yes. And uh, it'd be interesting to see what kind of a meeting they have and just uh, how things go down. But uh, always a pleasure to get your perspective on this, Professor. Thank you so much for this today. Well, thank you. Have a good day. You too. Professor Wayne Petrosi from uh, Ryerson University talking about U.S. politics. And uh, I guess the big story, the takeaway, of course, is the Supreme Court decision about Donald Trump's taxes. And uh, we'll get some reaction, I'm sure, from the Southern District of New York and from others uh, to see just how that is going to proceed. And by the way, as we said on the program last week, uh, that particular situation, the, the Trump tax thing, is only one of, of, of many, many uh, legal problems that uh, Donald Trump, the citizen, we'll be facing over the next little while. And we'll talk more about those and some of the other ones in greater detail a little bit later on. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.